Thank you, Mike. And uh, good morning, church family. It is great to be with you today, just like every Sunday. If you have your Bible today, I want to invite you to open it up to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6, that's where we're going to be today. And uh, as you're turning there, um, I'd like to just share two quick things with you this morning. The first one is this. If you are new here, uh, if this is your first Sunday with us, let me just start out by saying um, we are so glad you're here. Uh, We are a church that exists to help people become wholehearted followers of Jesus Christ that know him and make him known. That really is why we're here as a church, and we're so glad that you're here with us this morning. Um, I also want to say this to those of us who are part of the church family. Uh, If you've been at our members' meetings for the past couple months, you probably already know about this, but we are in a spot now where we are beginning our search for our next uh, full-time assistant pastor. And so, you know, as you guys probably know, um, with Caleb uh, stepping out and taking his ministry role in Texas, that means Phil has stepped over into the worship um, and tech director position. That means that Phil's previous responsibilities still need to be backfilled. And so we have to, um, you know, find somebody to lead things like our growth group ministry, our men's, women's, senior adult ministries, pastoral care, those types of things um, still need to be led. Um, And in addition to that, our elders have really sensed the Lord leading us to Um, build and bolster our ministries of prayer in the church. And so we are really asking the Lord to bring us a pastor who will help oversee those things. So today we're beginning our search for what we're calling our pastor of prayer and community life. And so here's what we're asking of you. If you, um, first of all, would join us in praying for this role. Uh, We want to have God's person in place for this role. Second, um, it would be great if you would familiarize yourself with the role and uh, spread the word to people who you may think may have an interest in this. You can read the job description and get more details at ubcbeavercreek.com slash ubcemployment. Okay, so that's the website where you can read all about it. But we're going to have the, um, the open application season go until the end of October, and then we'll begin all the interview process, and Lord willing, we'll have our person in place by January. That's our plan, but we commit those plans to the Lord, and we trust Him to bring His person in His timing, okay? Um, So you're joining us today on a very unique Sunday. So this is a very different Sunday for us in many ways. Um, The service service length is going to be shorter today than it normally is. Normally, our services are about 65 minutes. Today is going to be about 45 minutes. As Phil explained, you know, we've got the whole ministry fair going on, and we want you to be able to have time to be involved in that. Also, it's going to be different because our sermon text has changed. Normally, I've been preaching straight through the book of Acts. Uh, Today, we're taking a break from the book of Acts, and we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 6. And also, our application point today is going to be more focused. Normally, I'll preach through a passage and grab several takeaway application points for us. Today, I'm only going to have one application point. And the call to action that I would like you to consider today is this. Here's the big question from today's message. It's this. Will you open your heart to serving in the church? Will you open your heart to serving the church? When you came into our main location today, you guys probably saw it all set up outside. Things looked a little bit different out there. You saw the tables in the parking lot and in the lawn area. Uh, Each of those tables represents a ministry area of our church, a ministry area that you could get involved in and serve in and jump in. And let me just say this right away from the start. I want to make it clear, I am so grateful to be a pastor at a church where people are excited to serve 
It is a blessing to me to see so many people in our church actively serving in our body. Let me just share with you some statistics so you can kind of know where we stand as a church. Um, We have about 875 adults who regularly attend our church. Of those 875 adults, about 375 of them are what we categorize as regular attenders. They're they're here, they call UBC their church home, uh, but they just haven't joined as a member yet. That means that we have about 500 people in our church right now who are formal members of our church. They've joined, they've committed to serve, they're actively involved in the church. Now, of our members, of those who have formally joined the church, as of right now, we have about 370 of them who are actively serving in a ministry of our church. That's about 74% of our church body. And to be clear, that number, that 74% number, it's a little bit down since the last time we ran this report. The last time we ran this and presented it to the church was 2019. At that point, we had about 82% of our members serving in the church. So we're down about 8%. My hunch is that COVID uh, has really kind of caused most, most of that as people were a little more reluctant to be involved. Now we're at the spot where people who have stayed home are starting to get more involved again, but we haven't yet caught back up to where we used to be. And so I think that we're going to see that number continue to rise because historically the members of our church have been incredibly active in our church, and I trust that that will continue to be the case. Now, on top of our members, we have about 65 people who are regular attenders who are also actively serving in a church. So uh, that's about 17% of our regular attenders that are involved in our ministries. So that's encouraging to me because that percentage is actually higher than the last time we ran this report. And let's be honest, some of you guys are, you call UBC home, you are actively serving in our church, you just haven't joined as a formal member yet. I say, get on the membership train, man. Come and join the church. Like, we, we want you in. You know that we value church membership, so I'm looking forward to seeing more of you take that step this year. So what this all boils down to is that Of the 875, uh, approximately 875 adults who are members or regular attenders, about 435 of them are actively serving in a ministry of our church. Guys, that's about 50% of people who call UBC home who are really involved in the ministry. And I just want to say that is a great percentage. Um, When you compare that percentage to churches around the rest of the country, 50% is really high. We are, we are, very far away from the whole uh, 80, you know, 20% of the people doing 80% of the work thing. Praise God we're not there. And that's because so many of you have already opened your heart to serve wherever the Lord has called you to serve his church. So if that's you and you are involved in a ministry of our church, let me just publicly say to you, thank you. Uh, we, we value you. We, you. Your service is part of what makes a difference in our community. It's also what makes UBC such a great place to serve. Uh, And so I'm so glad to be part of this with you. But if you're not serving, here's what I want to say to you. I simply directly want to ask for your support. As our church grows, we need more people serving. Uh, There are more people to care for, more needs to respond to. And not only that, the more people that we have serving in ministry, the greater kingdom impact that we can make for the glory of God. So let's do that together. Let's do that together. We need you. So will you open your heart to serving in the church? That's the big question for today. Will you open your heart to serving in the church? So as we talk about serving today, I want to encourage you by presenting one verse. Um, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. 
from that verse, I want to show you three truths about serving in the church. Uh, after I share those truths with you, you're going to hear a, a testimony that I hope is a blessing to you. And then after that, we're going to dismiss a little bit early so that you have enough time to go check out the ministry tables, see where the Lord might be calling you to get involved, and you can follow his lead wherever he leads you. So Hebrews 6, before we read this verse, let me just again set the, the big context of the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews really is written for two main points. The first one is to present the preeminence of Christ, and the second one is to call for the perseverance of the church. All right, so the writer of Hebrews wants to show Christ as supreme and glorious. And when his readers and believers see that supremacy and glory of Christ, what he calls them to do is to persevere in the faith, to continue following Jesus. In verses uh, 4 through 8 of chapter 6, the author has basically given the people a warning about the dangers of walking away from the faith. He knows that some people may very well be close to walking away from their Christian faith. But the writer of Hebrews also knows that not everybody's close to walking away from their faith. Some people are very committed to serving the church, and he wants to fan that flame. He wants to fuel their uh, commitment to the Lord and continue to encourage them in their ministry to the church. So, church family, let this text be an encouragement to you. I hope this is an encouragement to you as you open your heart to serve wherever God is calling you to serve in his church. So let's look at Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10 which simply says this, Hebrews 6, verse 10. For God is not unjust, so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. Guys, from this verse, we can glean three truths about service to the church. Three truths. Here's the first one. Serving in the church is work. Serving in the church is work. Isn't that what our text says? God is not unjust so as to overlook your work. And then he refers to that work later as serving the saints. All right, I would love to be able to stand in front of you and tell you that serving in the church is just happy, happy, joy, joy. All right, uh, Here's the truth. Sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. Right? Some of my favorite memories in my lifetime have to do with serving the church. And also some of the most difficult memories that I have in my lifetime have to do with serving in the church, right? Both are there. Guys, wouldn't it be great if we lived in a world that wasn't broken and sinful? You know, wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't it be great if our church had no sinners? You know, like, you know, that's what heaven's gonna be like, right? Here we are on earth. So, you know, for right now, we, here's what ministry in the church is. Ministry in the church is service to broken people in a broken world. And that means that serving in the church is going to oftentimes be a very difficult thing to do. It's going to be work. It's going to require grace. It's going to require forgiveness. It's going to require endurance and perseverance. Serving in the church is work. It is purposeful, meaningful, life-giving, eternally rewarding work. But it is work. Here's the second truth that I want you to take away from this passage. That work, what we see as work for the church, God sees as love for his name. What we see as work for the church, God sees as love for his name. Isn't that what our text tells us in Hebrews 6.10? God doesn't overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints. Guys, this is such an encouraging thought to me because 
you might see your holding of babies or changing of diapers or the mowing of the church lawn or the greeting at the church door or the leading of a junior high small group or, you know, the, the visitation of um, widows in our church or, or anything that you might do. You, you might see it as service for the church, but God sees it as love for his name. That's a blessing. It reminds me of what Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 25 when Jesus, you know, is talking about judgment day and the Lord's rewarding of his people for their work. And Jesus says this, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we feed you or give you drink or welcome you or clothe you or visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers. Catch that he's talking about his family, right? He's talking about things we do for the family of God. As you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, Jesus says, you did it to me. What we see as service to the church, God sees as love for his name. I hope you're encouraged by that. And here's the last encouraging truth for you today from this verse. Number three, God won't overlook your work even if people do. God won't overlook your work for the church, even if people do. Isn't that what verse 10 says? God is not unjust so as to overlook your work that you have shown in serving the saints. Guys, you know this, but when you serve in the church, you're often going to be overlooked. You will be overlooked often. Some of you have experienced this uh, some of you have experienced from me or from other leaders in our church where we haven't noticed what you've done. I've experienced it from other people. It's hard. It stinks. It's wounding. But at the same time, this particular truth from Scripture has encouraged me so many times when I was down. Because here's the thing. Even if men never see what we do, God always sees it. He always sees it. And our reward will be eternal in heaven. And that makes it worth it. So church family, God won't overlook your work even if people do. I hope that you're encouraged by these three truths from this verse today. I hope that you'll open your heart to wherever the Lord is leading you to serve the church. And right now, I'd like you to hear a word of testimony from our brother in Christ, Rick Utenis. Many of you have met him this summer as he's led our building project, our construction project with Builders for Christ. God has certainly opened Rick's heart to serving in the church, and I want you to hear his story. So can we welcome him together to share his story? A lot of people have asked me how I came from being a carpenter to managing projects for Builders for Christ and building churches. So I'm going to try and uh, replay the last 11 years for you. Um, Builders for Christ built a church I went to, and we had a team that traveled around, like just like the teams that came here. We would go somewhere for a week and work on a church. And we were in a church in northern Maine, and we were done with our week, and we're looking around, and it's, the church was like 70% complete. And I said, who's going to finish this building? What are the teams that are coming? And they said, well, we don't have any more teams coming. We're not sure what we're going to do. And I said, well, I have a project at home that's delayed. Um, they were waiting on their kitchen cabinets. I said, when your cabinets come in, give me a call, and I'll see if I can come back. And that's what happened. Their cabinets came in. My project was still delayed. I came back and stayed with the pastor for five weeks. 
uh, finished their building so they could move in and use it. But the key part was when I left there to drive back to my home in Connecticut, I could feel the Spirit speaking to my heart. And the Spirit was saying to me that I should end my construction business and manage churches full time. And I, I was like, really, Lord? That, that can't be it. And I, and I resisted that for a long time. But I, I also met this person who was uh, very spiritually mature, and uh, they, they lived a life of incredible hardship. They had health challenges, financial challenges, relationship challenges, and yet they wanted to live a transparent life for Christ. And they wanted to live in the power of the Spirit victoriously despite all these obstacles. And I was so encouraged by their faith. And they said, they just heard about this book by Tony Evans called Destiny, and I should get it and read it. And I did it, and as I, as I looked at the book, I could see the parallels in my life, how they, God was preparing me along the way through my construction company for what was next. And, and in the book, it talked about God will bring, us you, bring across your path divine intersections of people that will impact your life that the Spirit will speak through. So I started to look what I could do next, and I, I volunteered at a few places, uh, and then I looked on the Baptist Convention New England website, and there was an ad for they're building a church in Southern Maine. They're looking for carpenters and men to come and help build a church. And I felt really called to that, and I, I called the leader of the building team, and I said, um, I saw your ad, and I don't want to come help with your church. I want to run your project. And uh, that, that was pretty bold. I was pretty confident. Um, <laughs> but uh, he, he said, well, we, we already hired somebody to um, run our job, but uh, we're having an orientation in a few weeks. If you would come up to Maine and, and see, I'd like to meet you. So I, I went there, and I met him, and he said, I can tell something's going on in your life, but I can't tell what it is. So if you'd be willing to come, you can stay at my house for the summer, for free, but I don't have any money to pay you. But you can come and be part of this project and we'll see what happens. So I felt really called to that and I was concerned about my construction company and what was gonna happen and my employees. I had one employee for 15 years, one for 16 years. And uh, in the most incredible way, God made provision and took them away. It was like, I didn't have any choices and I didn't have any employees. But um, I went there um, to volunteer for the summer in this first project. And when I got there, the guy that they had hired to run the job was sitting in the chair at a folding table and he says you're Rick right and I said yeah he just pushed the plans across the table and he says I've been in the hospital for three weeks with cardiac trouble so I have any energy or strength you just got to take over and, and it was like so clear to me that that God prepared me for that that he had called me to that that I was sensitive to his leading and I went there and all of a sudden this just came up and it was so amazing. It was my first experience with volunteers, which is a little different than managing people that you pay. And uh, <laughs> uh, we got through the project, and it went really well. But um, that person that was the leader of the billing team was a very wise spiritual man. And he was another person that was a divine intersection in my life. He was another person that God used and spoke to to change the direction of where, where my life was going. While I was there for the summer... Um, I got two calls for houses back home. You know, I had been a house builder for 30 years and, and had a reputation, and people just called, and I thought that was God's provision for the fall, and I said I'll be back in September. Well, I got back in September from the church job, and these, both these jobs got delayed and delayed. And I was reading this book about being all in for Christ, and it says when you're all in for Christ, you can't have a backup plan. And I was holding these two houses as my backup plan. I thought it was God's provision, but really I was holding on to something because I couldn't trust God for what was next. And I felt really convicted about letting these houses go. So the first one, I, I emailed the guy and I said, you know, I, I, I explained the situation to him. And, you know, we weren't at the contract stage. You know, we had met and talked about the plan and talked about his lot and contractors. But 
he was just absolutely furious. I mean, furious. I mean, angry, hateful, steaming email, and just, I was like, Lord, this, this didn't go very good at all. And uh, I, the next day, I got a call from a disaster relief team in New Jersey, and they said they were rebuilding homes after Hurricane Sandy, and they had just gotten a permit for, uh, to rebuild a house that was the uh, church secretary. And when I come down and frame and roof that house for them, and they got my name through a long chain of events through many different people, and I said, sure, I would do that. And I was, like, relieved that it was the next day, that, that it was a confirmation I was doing the right thing. And then I had this other house, and this lady really loved me. She was sending me a subscription of this old house magazine. She was talking about the built-ins at her house. You know, I had met her family. I'd been to her site. I'd met her designer. And she's, like, really connected. I'm, like, really dreading this. And uh, I finally, you know, how you set, your, set a goal for yourself. Like, I said I needed to do this by the end of the year. So on December 30th, <laughs> almost the end of the year, I, I, I called her up at this time, and I said, you know, Clara, I... I just can't build your house. I mean, it's the end of the year. It's going to run into the spring. Um, I feel God's going to call me to something else, and I, I just can't be committed to you. And she goes, is this some type of religious thing? And I, and I said, no, it's a spiritual thing. I said, I really feel God has a plan for my life. And, and she was super understanding, and she took a recommendation, and one of my friends built her house. But the key was, I didn't know what was going to happen. So on the next day, it was New Year's Eve, and I went out to dinner, and I came home, and there was a call on the answer machine. Hi, this is John from Pratt, Kansas. I got your name through Builders for Christ, and we want to know if we can fly you out here and you would manage our church building job. And again, it was the next day. It was so powerful that twice, if I let each house go, it was the next day that there was confirmation I was doing the right thing. And, and I won't tell you that God always gives you confirmation, and especially won't tell you that it's the next day. But in this case, I want to say my faith was weak enough that I, I needed that. And, and then things just started to roll. So I went to Kansas for seven months, and then I was called to uh, another church building project in central Maine. In the interim, I did two uh, crisis pregnancy centers for the Baptist Convention in New England. Then I did a big church about the same as yours uh, for Builders for Christ in Groton, Connecticut. Uh, when I was there, I met a church planter who had planted a church and it had grown to 250 people that needed a building. So I helped him manage and build a church for him on uh, the border of Rhode Island. Uh, last year, I was in Wisconsin. This year, I'm here. And I'm waiting to see where God's going to call me to next year. Um, it's just been quite an amazing ride. And a lot of people come to me and say, you know, you have all these details. Some of the plans are in the hundreds of pages. We have the subcontractors. There were 11 to 1,200 volunteers that came. There are like 300 volunteers from the church that work with me. It's like, how do you keep track of all these details and all these things? And I say, well, it's, I've reduced it down to something really simple. It's just two things. So one is, where do you start? And the second is, what do you do next? And... Building is a, a typical path. It's a, the same formula, you know, uh, foundation, walls, roof, inside, trim. You know, so it's really where do you start and what do you do next? But the key is the Christian life is the same thing. And, and where do you start is you start by knowing Jesus as your personal Savior. You start by knowing that Christ has died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sins. And if you've never made that commitment, if you've never been to that point, I would love to talk to you about that today. But the thing to do next is to see what God's prepared you to do. God has called you to something. He's prepared you. He's gifted you. You have a temperament, a personality. You have a skill set. Um, you have experience that's unique to just you. God will use that and what he's called you to do, what, what his plans are for you. People are afraid to step out in faith and see what God's called them to do. 
And I want to tell you that God doesn't call people that are qualified. God calls the willing people and qualifies them. A lot of people don't understand that when God calls you, there'll be a sacrifice. And the sacrifice for me was giving up my construction company. But the trade-off to that is the fulfillment and the purpose and the satisfaction of being called to something, prepared by God, and then going and doing it in his strength and seeing him glorified. A lot of people want to see what God's plan is for the rest of their life, where they step out in faith. They want to be like this big lighthouse with this big beam of light shining out 40 years in the future. It's like, this is every detail that's going to happen. I'm going to tell you right now, that's not how it is. You know, somebody said to me after the first service that God's word is a light unto your path. And I gave the example of having a little miner's cap on that shines 10 feet in front of you, and, and you walk that 10 feet, and then you can see the next 10 feet, and you walk that. God wants you to trust him. God wants you to have faith in him that he's in control no matter what happens. And as I talked about sharing today, I really believe that someone here is at the decision point in their life. Someone here has been having their heart prompted by their spirit to do something else, to do something next. Maybe I'm that divine intersection in your life. Maybe you've watched me over the summer work over here. Maybe you're a college student that just came today and you've never seen me before. But it could be that God's using me to impact you to make a difference in this world, a difference in your life, a difference to step out and to follow him. When Jesus was on the earth, he had a very simple phrase that he said over and over in the Gospels. It was, come, follow me. And many of his people came and followed him and became his disciples and were used greatly in the rest of the New Testament. I want you to answer that call today, to come and follow Jesus, whether it's serving at the church, whether it's full-time ministry, whether it's being a leader of your home, or it's being a light at where you work. Let's live for Jesus, because that's what really matters. Let's live for Jesus, because that's what really matters, man. That's just getting right down to it. It's as simple as that. Jesus said, follow me. That's what we're called to do today, follow Jesus. So, Church family, that's, that's what we're asking you today. Just open up your heart. Wherever the Lord is calling you to serve the church, do it. Um, I heard somebody say it like this one time. Opening your heart is like uh, putting up a sail on a sailboat. Uh, when the wind blows, when the sail is up, you'll move in the right direction. But if the sail isn't, isn't up, you're not going to go anywhere at all. Right? So the call for us today is to, to put up our sail to open up our hearts and where the wind of the Spirit is leading, let's just follow Jesus there, you know? As we dismiss today, I want to speak to three types of people who are in the room today. First group is those of you who are already serving. Um, those of you who are already serving the church, if you know you're serving where God uh, has called you, first of all, praise the Lord for that. It is fulfilling and it, it gives you joy in your heart to serve when you know you're doing what God has called you to do. If you're involved in a ministry of our church and that ministry has a table set up out in the, uh, in the front outside, I encourage you just to stop by that table, reiterate to your leader that's at that table, hey, I'm on your team, I'm in, this is where the Lord has called me. If you're serving somewhere, but you have a sense that the Lord may be calling you to do something different, then here's what I want to ask of you. Again, keep your heart open to where the Lord is calling you. Maybe you stop by the ministry table that represents the area where you feel like you might be 
you know, being called by the Lord. I would also ask you this, please don't just quit the ministry that you're already committed to, like abruptly, uh, you know, try to make a reasonable time adjustment with your ministry leader. Our ministry leaders want you serving where God's calling you to serve, okay? So we will be supportive of you if the Lord is leading you to serve elsewhere. Um, but just be sensitive to that. And here's the thing that I want to say. Um, also, for, for those of you who just aren't yet serving the Lord and His church, but you're just kind of looking around. As you're out seeing these ministry tables and you're grabbing information, do that prayerfully, just really saying, Lord, where do you want me? I believe the Lord will show you where He wants you serving in the church. And then there will be this last category of you who you guys are, are people who you do sense the Lord leading you to serve you uh, to serve the church in a particular way, but you're not really sure that it's represented out in those ministry tables or those formal ministries that are set up. Um, if that's you, I'm going to be right in here after we dismiss, and I would like to talk with you. I would like to personally hear from you where you sense the Lord leading you, and I'd like to capture some details of that, and our staff will follow up with you on that. So let's pray, and then um, after we pray, you'll be dismissed to check out the ministry tables. Uh, parents, just want to remind you to not forget to pick up your kids who are out in the kids' ministry area. Um, we do have the next service that's going to be coming in, and especially, the, you know how it is in the parking lot between these two services. It can get a little crazy, so be careful while you're out there, and let's try to use these next 15 to 17 minutes or so to just grab some information and learn more about where the Lord might be calling you to serve. Lord, thank you for this morning where we can uh, open your word, be encouraged from Hebrews 6, and Lord, I do want to pray specifically for um, the people in our church who are serving, and sometimes the enemy can discourage their hearts, and they wonder if anybody notices or uh, if it really makes an impact. And Lord, I pray that you would just remind them strongly today that you do not overlook their service and that you see it as love for your name. So Lord, encourage any discouraged hearts that are here. Lord, for people who have been reluctant to serve because maybe they don't feel gifted or don't have the experience, Lord, I pray that you would let them take the step of faith that you're calling them to take. Lord, I pray that for those of us who have been hesitant to serve because uh, we have other things in our lives, but Lord, we know that you're calling us to make a sacrifice or a change. I ask, Lord, that you would give us the faith that overcomes fear and that we would follow your leading. And Lord, of course, as Rick mentioned, I also want to pray for anybody here who hasn't yet taken that first step of knowing that they're yours, knowing that their sins are forgiven because they've trusted in Christ. I pray that today they may open up their heart to you to believe upon Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins and be saved. Lord, we thank you that you have saved us and brought us into your church. You are a great God. Thank you that you've gifted us to serve, to make an eternal impact that will have an eternal value. Lord, let us find what that calling is and say yes to however you're leading. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.